You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right, good evening and welcome to episode 141 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one as we get set to talk about the Metropolitan Division ahead of the 22-23 NHL regular season. Guys, how are we doing on this Monday evening? Doing really good. I'm excited for the weekend. It's Thanksgiving coming up. Get to go home and kind of see a lot of people that I don't often see. I actually have a... um little football reunion st mary football reunion on friday so that should be fun and just happy that hockey's back on top of all the other great sports and playoffs going on it's it's great 100 percent happy that hockey is back and also fantasy hockey we did our fantasy draft over the weekend i did uh you know my one keeper league with some friends and then our 20 team boys in the booth fantasy league draft which was a marathon stressful as all hell because i was in the car coming home from uh northern ontario so the the service was just spotty the whole time got kicked out of the draft a couple times and i know i wasn't the only one who had some issues in in the draft and in auto drafting but i got kicked out of the draft a couple times and luckily i had the players that i wanted queued up and ready to go so i got uh, some decent picks there but overall i i really like my team I'm happy with my team too. Um, all things considering, it's like there's so many players getting picked in a 20 team draft that oh, yeah. you end up picking some third line players and kind of hopeful there. But I too got screwed by auto draft. Um, one player of my 16 roster uh, team got auto draft, and it happened to be pick 197 out of, I think, 320 was how many uh, picks were in the draft around there. Yep. 197 auto draft went ahead and picked me Carey Price, a <laughs> goalie who will not play a game this year. Or maybe ever again. That's I don't even know why he was ranked. Why was he ranked so high? Yeah, it, that's like, I, I saw a couple other guys like that ranked who just might not even play this year, like, uh, like Sean Couturier, for example, might not yeah. play all season. We're going to talk about him later but just weird that he was ranked i wanted to go through and just list a couple like surprising things from the draft that i saw first of all i was surprised that casey you didn't take jt miller with your fourth overall pick because i know how much you like the guy four was just a little too high honestly with our league with having it shots hits blocks face-off wins everything included if i had the sixth pick that's the highest i would have picked him and i would have went with him same here like i had the ninth pick i ended up getting jt miller i i understand he's going to regress a bit but i don't think it'll be that much and i think he's still worth it at the ninth pick and i would have gone as high as six as well i think top five that's kind of pushing it but then from picks like six through 15 he would have went at some point so i was happy to get him at nine i was also really happy to get timo meyer at 32 you guys know me like those are my two guys and i was so happy to get both of them i got them both in both of my leagues this year so they're my horses that i'm going to be following all all season long uh also a couple more interesting picks here too ovechkin at 16 is is gross like the fact that he finished what we say case eighth last season and like i don't see him slowing down anytime he gets the hits he, he takes the most shots in the league like he gets all those peripheral points that you need in fantasy on top of being 
you know, like an automatic 50 goal scorer. Uh, and then the other, the last thing that, uh, the last player I wanted to bring up who was a bit of a steal for my team anyway, and obviously that's who I'm most focused on, was Brad Marchand in the eighth round, guys. So I, I got him. Obviously, he's starting the year on, on IR and he's going to be missing about half the season. But, you know, playoffs are the only thing that matter really in fantasy. You know, you have to get there in the first place. I'm pretty confident my team's deep enough to do that. So I've got Marchand uh, stashed on IR for the first however long of the season and then come playoff time which is the last you know two three weeks of the nhl season i'm hoping he'll be playing and i'm hoping he'll be the boost i need to to uh bring me to the promised land for two years in a row but 20 teams it's going to be a lot of competition yeah i think that my um maybe my steal of the draft or at least the one i'm happiest with is getting heiskin in at 117 i didn't expect that whatsoever and then getting patrick line in the fifth round uh fifth round of 20 teams that's on a picks to go yeah. by on patrick line he's a left wing right wing and he might be playing with johnny gaudreau this year like mm-hmm. we'll get into this because we're going to be talking metro here but i expect line a to be back to that 40 goals again that would be nice to see yeah, me and uh, me and Emerson were hanging out for the draft last night, and I said, you know, funny how all three of the uh, Boys in the Booth members end up with picks in the top ten to start the first round of the draft. Funny how that works. So, yeah, but the I problem, the Harp, pick. why would you take Vasilevsky sixth overall? I thought that was such a reach. Like, goalies, <laughs> you know, goalies are crazy. Obviously, Vasilevsky is one of the safest ones, but at sixth overall... I mean, there were some good players on the board there still. Yeah, that's for sure. But some good players gone as well and kind of decided to build from the net out. And I feel pretty good about my team in goal on the back end. One forward up front who I think is going to have another huge year. Uh, Got a one-year contract extension. We're going to talk about this team, the New Jersey Devils, and that's Jesper Brad. I think he's going to have a big year. So I like that pick for me in fantasy as well. Feeling pretty good about my team. But um, yeah, anyway, guys, uh, before we get into the Metro Division, just wanted to say i'm doing good as well uh had a good weekend but my weekend kind of started before on on thursday night uh had the day off friday with uh with that being a new stat holiday for for a lot of folks uh national uh day of truth and reconciliation so i was off that day we had some special programming on the station so thursday night since i missed the show in kingston a few nights ago with uh, our good buddy alan at mansky you guys saw that i made the trip up to trenton uh, which is almost two hours away to see the 32 thoughts tour with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. And I had a blast. So cool to be able to shake hands with these guys, to talk with them, get pictures and all of that. And uh, they brought Paul Coffey out as well to tell some stories. And I actually got to ask a question. So we'll get to that now. My name's Harper. Thanks so much, Ian, for, for doing this. You're in the industry. I am, yes. That's true. Harper, what do you do? I, uh, I do a morning show on a classic hit station in uh, in Brockville, so that's okay. where I came from. Uh, Don't take my job, Harper. <laughs> what, what's the format? It's uh, like classic hits like Brian Adams, Bon Jovi, yeah. The Tragically Hip, all that kind of stuff. What's the one song you hate playing? <sighs> you know what? I've heard uh, there's a Rod Stewart song that uh, that's been played quite a bit lately. What is it? 
can't think of it right now. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you know what? Kim Mitchell's Go For Soda is, that's, that's one I'm kind of sick of a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the question, Robert? So, uh, I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan. Yeah. Love when you guys talk Sabres on the podcast. That Buffalo episode, I love that when uh, they cleaned house with Jason Barr, own company. Yeah. Um, just wondering, is there anything to the news that they've inquired about Jason Robertson? Is there anything to that? I think, I think I'm sure a ton of teams have uh, asked about Jason Robertson. I have no doubt it's true. I don't think he's getting traded. I think they're going to keep him. And you know what? Anytime there's a good player available, you're not doing your job if you don't ask. Yeah. Here's a good Bon Jovi story you can tell when uh, the next time you introduce a Bon Jovi song. He was in Toronto. And I don't think he was playing at the Air Canada Centre. I think he was there for a game or an event or something like that. And he got in the elevator at the same time as Larry Tannenbaum, who's one of the co-owners of the Maple Leafs. And somebody walked in and said, hello, Mr. Tannenbaum, and didn't say anything to Bon Jovi. And when the guy left the elevator, Bon Jovi said to Larry Tannenbaum, that's never happened to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will tell that for sure. Thank you so much, guys. All right, no worries. And so you just heard the question from Harp talking to uh, Elliot uh, Friedman and Jeff Merrick. I just wanted to say a little bit kind of cheeky of me to to put in, uh, you know, featuring Elliot Friedman in the title of this episode. But that was the audio that you were waiting for. So hopefully in the future, we'll be able to get uh, one of those guys in a full length interview or something because they're great. But Harp, that was really cool, man. When you sent me that today, I had to listen and I just thought, you know, what a great opportunity uh, for you to be there in person to ask the question and just a great opportunity for us to, you know, have him, you know, technically featured on the podcast. So that was great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that post that, that we uh, put up on our Instagram page, uh, Jeff Merrick tossed us a like on it, which was really nice. So fingers crossed that in the future we can get one or both of those guys on. And, uh, you know, for for a couple of big names in the industry and a couple of our favorite guys, of course, and for so many others, just so humble and so approachable. They said, don't worry, we're not going to leave until everybody gets a picture and everybody gets a chance to chat with us after the show. Like it was supposed to be for an hour and a half. And by the time we got out of there, I think it was 10 o'clock. And I know Alan said the same thing about the show in Kingston and uh, they they were just awesome. Going around, shaking everybody's hands before the show, thanking everybody for coming. It was great. So um, an experience that I'll never forget. The two of them might be might be great, but can't wait to get sued by Sportsnet for uh, saying that Elliot was featured on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. eh? Oh, geez. Well, you got to take risks sometimes, don't you? That's right. Hopefully it's not for another few years and then I can represent us, boys. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's get into uh, a little Metro division talk as this is the second last division that we're going to talk about uh, before the start of the NHL season. Actually, by the time we get to the Atlantic uh, on Monday, next Monday, technically, the NHL regular season will have already begun because we've got uh, the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators kicking it off this coming weekend playing in Prague, 
uh, Chechia. So looking forward to that. So let's get into the Metro. And uh, right at the top, I've got the Carolina Hurricanes, you guys, in number one spot. Huge shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the podcast. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek makes it extremely simple to buy tickets to all of your favorite sporting events, including Jays and Leafs games, and you can always find a great deal. On SeatGeek, all tickets are scored on a scale between 0 and 10, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. Green is good and red is bad. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Summer is here and you know what that means. Extreme sports like spike ball and road hockey have returned and so is day drinking. The problem is we're not as young as we used to be and these summer activities can be draining on our bodies. When you push your body hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. When you make hydration a priority, it helps you feel healthier on a day-to-day basis. Enter Liquid IV. Whether you're playing sports or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. The kicker? This stuff tastes good too, guys. Liquid IV has incredible hydration flavors like watermelon, strawberry, pina colada, and more, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. So get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth in all caps at checkout. So that's 25% off anything when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth all caps at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Shout out to Cocktail Bomb Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Cocktail Bomb Shop is a Canadian, woman-owned, small business, and all of their cocktail bombs are proudly handmade in Montreal. Well, what is it and how does it work? Step one, you pick your favorite flavor of cocktail bomb and unwrap it. My favorite is definitely mojito. Step two, drop your cocktail bomb into eight ounces of sparkling water and watch it fizz for five minutes. Step three, add a shot of your favorite alcohol, some ice, and enjoy it. Fellas, gents, boyfriends of the world, these cocktail bombs make the perfect gift for your lady friend because not only are they tasty, but they're Instagrammable as well. Right now, if you go to cocktailbombshop.ca and use the code BITV15, you can get 15% off your entire order. That's cocktailbombshop.ca. Use the code BITV15 at checkout for 15% off. Um, Obviously, we're banged up in the playoffs and uh, lost in a game seven series against the New York Rangers in the second round after winning uh, a game seven against the Boston Bruins in round one. And so they make some changes, Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin come in for uh, basically nothing from the Vegas Golden Knights. Pacioretty is obviously going to be uh, is obviously injured for a little while, but uh, he'll be a, a nice boost to that lineup when he gets back and healthy. Andre Kasha 
Brent Burns, another big name this offseason that comes to Carolina, and uh, Paul Stastny, a good veteran uh, forward for depth as well. So um, I think the key for Carolina guys is that they just need to score more goals, and they just need to score more easy goals. And uh, I know that that was something that Rod Brendamore kind of alluded to after they lost in the playoffs, but this is a good team. They're a contender. They're a lot of fun to watch. They certainly work hard. And uh, I like the Hurricanes to finish first in this division and maybe even win the President's Trophy this year as well. I've seen a lot of predictions in regards to that. So might be a bit of a reach for you guys, but I, I'm really high on Carolina. I've got them number one in the Metro. What do you guys think? I I guess I'm not paying enough attention or something because I certainly don't have them winning the President's Trophy. And I I, frankly, I don't even have them winning this division. Um, um, I am pretty open for the t- first five spots here. Uh, I'll listen to either of you, and I'm willing to move some things around. But I currently have Carolina at number two. I think that they really took a step back on their bread and butter, and that is their decor. It's certainly not what it used to be, and I, I'm I'm really not in love with it anymore. I think you know the top four is maybe still there. Who knows what Brent Burns will do in the, in this new lineup um and then goaltending freddie anderson phenomenal year, year last year but i just have to expect some sort of regression here and um you know goalie voodoo i guess i'll stick with that Petretti isn't going to be playing until february and then he'll probably be hurt by the end of march <laughs> um i really hope he doesn't like knocking on wood here but that just seems to be the way it's been for him uh I like the forward depth. I really do. Uh, I think there are some weapons here that could blow up this season, but I'm just not in love with the back end anymore. And for that reason, I'm going to knock them down one spot this year. See, like, Case, I, I'm not really sure I understand where you're coming from with that, though, because I look at the back end and I just see, you know, Tony D'Angelo is out. Brent Burns comes in, and I think that right there is almost an equal trade-off. The money Ethan, that you know, the money doesn't really work there between the two, and but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the product on the ice, and I think they're very comparable there. Ethan Bear gone, very high in the analytics last year on D pairings. Calvin ha- Calvin DeHaan in um, on two of like the top ten worst D pairings in the league last year in Chicago. Uh, when I say the the decor isn't what it used to be. I'm not necessarily saying the same as last year. I'm saying like two, three years ago, this team in Nashville, it was like, who has the best decor? Let's figure it out. But I just don't think they're even in the conversation anymore. And obviously they still have some very solid players like Slavin. He's one of the best ones in the entire league. And then Shea and Pesci. Pesci took a major step back last year. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like the decor nearly as much as i used to yeah i mean fair enough i think the the fact that they were shopping bear around though meant that he wasn't very valuable to them so maybe bringing in a guy like dehan you know he can play a different role there and i think clearly it's about team fit as opposed to who has the higher ceiling or who's you know better now in, in one certain aspect like clearly bear has more offensive capabilities but you know you might need something different in the top six i just look at this team and i think that their decor essentially stayed the same because i think you know your bottom pair isn't going to win or lose you know a season for you i think it's going to be your bread and butter your top four and i think it's still pretty good 
Burns coming in for D'Angelo, I think, like I said again, is is pretty much an even trade off. Plus, Burns will be nicer to the guys in the room, I would imagine too. So there's that. And then I look at their forward group. You know, adding Pacioretty. Yeah, he won't play till January, February, some some you know around that time. But you know, he's a difference maker up front, and to get him for absolutely nothing, I think, was incredible work by the GM here. And also adding Kasha you know, is, is some more depth scoring. Seth Jarvis is another year older. Um, Paul Stastny, I think is really good depth and up front, really, who did they lose? Max Domi, who they acquired at the deadline, who played like 15 games for them and basically did nothing. Like I just look at this team and I think in every aspect, they're at least as good as they were last year. Um, and, and then goaltending, like I won't even comment on because Freddie Anderson was top five in Vesna voting last year. So can we expect that again? Who knows? Like that's something that I'm not willing to put a lot of, of stock into. But in terms of forward and defense, I think the team looks really good. And I agree, Harp, that I think they could challenge for the president's trophy this year. That actually comes as a major shock to me. I'm not saying to knock this team down four spots here. I'm saying I I think that there's one team in this league that's better than them, or in this division rather. And I just don't think they are as good as last year. Um you know, I agree with a lot of your comments. I think that they got some holes and then they just refilled them. But I think that other teams were getting better. And this team is kind of staying the same. And in my opinion, is getting worse on the back end. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. And then I guess like we can mention goaltending as well. Like, I, you know, I said that Freddie was fourth in Vesna voting and he finished third in the entire league and goal saved above expected. Like you said, Case, we should expect that to regress maybe a little bit, maybe to career averages. But even then, you know, he's about a top 10 goalie in the league. And Antti Ranta didn't have a, a fantastic year last year. Expect him to maybe regress in the other ways. So, or, or t- sorry, to, to get better in the, in the other direction there. So, even if you're not relying on Freddie to win you those games, like I think that's still a solid, solid tandem. The problem is like, you know, health for, for those two guys. So if they can stay healthy, I think they're in great shape. Um, I mean, I don't like, I just don't see them getting much worse. Like who, like case, who do you think is better in this division? I think I know who you're going to say, but, but like, let's hear it. You know, have you ever seen the accountant Ben Affleck no. where, yeah, basically he goes back to his room and uh and he punishes himself often and basically turns up screamo music as loud as he can and then takes this metal rod and rubs it on his shins as hard as he can to to kind of give himself pain mm-hmm. i'm going to be doing that tonight because i'm about to say that i think the new york rangers are better <laughs> than this team i knew it <laughs> that team right there <laughs> yeah that team right there and i just absolutely hate saying that um it, like talk about decor talk about a decor getting substantially better just through age just through getting better like Andre miller's great jacob truba that pairing they locked it in and and it was like take that decision away from the coach now that's a pairing and then on top of that you have lingren and fox fox is quickly becoming a well has solidified himself as a top five defenseman in this league now and then zach jones and Braden schneider just getting experience and getting better i i love the decor and then goaltending tandem this goaltending tandem is better than carolina's literally shesterkin alone is making this tandem better than carolina's and then on top of that like you've mentioned a million times that this 
team just needs to start playing their young guys well that opportunity is coming and they're just going to continue to get better um i know i'll take this one away from you before you even get to it just to like belittle your argument a little bit chris Kreider is not going to be nearly the man he was last year but obviously this team has shown that their power play is lethal and that's why Kreider had a bajillion goals last year and they have a few studs who who can carry this offense um I think that they're the better team out of the two. I think they're pretty good as well. Like, like when I look at the two teams, I can see an argument for either one being at, at the number one spot. I just think that, you know, maybe there could be some more regression on the Rangers than we think. But at the same time, going the other way, like, you know, Lafreniere is only going to get better. And I've been saying forever that he needs to play more. Well, finally, in training camp, he's been getting reps in the top six consistently, which is a good thing. Kako and Heedle, that's not the case. They've still been playing, you know, can, you know, uh, roughly third line minutes in, in training camp. And, you know, that was the kid line last year. It might be broken up, might be, you know, staying the same this year. But I like this team a lot, Case. I'm not saying that they're even a step behind Carolina. I think they're in the same tier, it, it, to be honest here. Like, I'm, I am really high on both teams. I just look at Carolina and I think, you know, they haven't really changed. Or, or got worse, in my opinion, in any regard, and they've only gotten better. Whereas New York, their leading goal scorer was Chris Kreider, like we mentioned. He's clearly not going to be the same player. And then they lost uh, Ryan Strom as well, which I think is an important loss for that team. He played a lot of minutes, and he played, um, you know, he, he was a driver on that line. So, you know, they replaced him with Trocek. We'll see how he can do. It's kind of funny, actually, that, you know, Trocek, was it was a hurricane not that long ago now we're talking about these two teams going head to head but i like listen i can see an argument for either one but the way i have it and the way it shakes out right now is carolina at number one new york at number two and we'll have to see how that shakes out in the season you you can put carolina at number one but keep the president trophy's name out your (laughs) mouth because i think that's a little ridiculous uh yeah i mean they're gonna score more this year which was uh, like one of the problems right and you know it's one like one of the problems for this team is that they have to play in the metro division and then they have to play in the east on top of that yeah how are you gonna win the i don't know how they're gonna win the president's trophy yeah well i mean look we're talking about these two teams here carolina finished third last year new york finished seventh Carolina had 116 points. New York had 110. We're talking about six points difference here. Like that could be that could be a road trip. That could be a Western road. That trip. That could be Max, Max Pacioretty not playing until after the All Star break. That could be it. That's right. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I mean, injuries happen, right? Teams have to overcome that. But Harp, what do you want to say? You've been wanting to jump in here for a while. Yeah, no, I uh, honestly, I, I really, I really don't think the presence trophy comment about the Canes is out of the question. I, I really don't think so. Like they had an, out, uh, an outside shot at it last year. And th- this team is so good in the analytics department. Number one in dump-ins, number one in puck retrievals. They've only gotten better up front. And I like their back end. Ethan Bear is still there. Calvin DeHaan for 850K. And Dylan Coughlin as well is a good player. He was basically added as a sweetener with Max Pacioretty in that trade with Vegas. So anyway, but 
a thought on the Rangers quickly. I have the Rangers in number two as well. Obviously, a huge step forward for them last year. Chris Drury's done a great job. They made it to the Final Four uh, before losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, they, they didn't really need to change much. I don't know how well that Trocheck deal is going to age. I, I did like Ryan Strom there, and I'm kind of surprised that they didn't bring him back. But, um, you know, th- this is a good team. They're young. They're only going to get better. I, uh, I I still have a little bit of concern with the back end just because it is still so young as far as when you get past the top four. Like there might be some growing pains this year for, for Jones and for Schneider. So who knows? And also the guy behind Igor Shosturkin is Yarrow Halak, who's not getting any younger, really struggled in Vancouver. And so I just don't know about that. But this is a good hockey team. There's no question about it. They've got that nice mix of uh, veteran presence and youth. And uh, I really like the Rangers. I just can't put them quite past Carolina in this division. Quick comment there. They're actively shopping Ethan Bear. That's why I've pretty much counted him out of this yeah. team because i don't expect him to be there much longer um no I, like i've conceded here you can put carolina higher i really hope i'm wrong because i just don't want the rangers to be good so yeah. <laughs> i'm fine with that um i don't know it, it's it, it's a scary team and that's that's just something i don't like well it, it's weird when i look at at these two teams because i look at the rangers and i really can't spot many problems with the team so like i hear you when when you're like okay maybe they should be put in the, the number one spot here in the division i hear you because even their goaltending like you know georgiev was terrible last year for this team and and halak is just a new face so you know maybe he'll be better maybe he won't i personally think he'll be a better fit there because he won't be disgruntled because he knows his role as a backup as opposed to Georgiev who has wanted to be a starter since he's been in New York and now you know maybe this year he will be in Colorado or at least a tandem goalie but like you know last year how do you take Shesterkin out of the net like it's just not feasible like he was mm. that good so like I look at this team case and, and I just keep saying to myself you know they're they're really really good and especially if their younger players take a step so i hear the argument i just think the way it shakes out for me is carolina one new york two but i could see either one happening uh it'll be interesting to see as well how vitaly kravsov the former first round pick fits into this lineup he's on a one-year deal at a little over eight hundred thousand dollars and that could be a really good value contract for this season uh for the rangers he's going to get an opportunity right with with uh their their lack of cap space and and the deals that they're going to have to to do coming down the pipe here with lafreniere and others so that's just, the guy I'll be watching on New yeah, York. I really hope he can na- like navigate the noise because it must be frustrating to be a player that's just constantly linked to trades. And, you know, how are we going to bring in Patrick Kane? Like Kratzoff's a big piece of this. And then we'll have to throw in Schneider and this and that. It's like always Kratzoff. So it's like fire yeah. him. Like you just uh, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, exactly. By the way, too, just a little side note before we move on from the Rangers. Excellent return for Niels Lundqvist. Oh yeah, from the Dallas Stars. Am I right? A first and a fourth rounder for for him. 
for mm-hmm. for a team who had zero leverage in that transaction, they made out like gangbusters. Like, yeah, that, they did. like the player is probably worth about that. Like maybe a, a you know a later first round pick, um, you know, and throwing an extra pick on top that was just money in the bank. But like for a team who had zero leverage, I couldn't believe they got that. Yeah. No, I, I was really surprised by that as well. All right, uh, there we go. Carolina and the Rangers down. Moving on to the third spot. And uh, let's see how this goes over with you guys. I have the Washington Capitals in the third spot in this division. I actually really like what the Capitals were able to do this offseason. I have some concerns with their back end, but uh, you know what? They they completely changed their goaltending um, uh, in the crease, and uh, they brought in Darcy Kemper, just won a Stanley Cup. Wasn't world beater good, but was good enough for the Colorado Avalanche. He's a good goaltender. And then Charlie Lindgren, who I think is one of these younger goaltenders that is kind of on the rise, like you know, we talked about Eric Comrie a few weeks ago, Chad, a guy that could take a step and really grab a hold of an opportunity. I think that Lindgren could as well and and be a very good backup for this team. He was almost too good for the American Hockey League last year and the year prior um, being with being with St. Louis. So I like that Dylan Strom up front uh, had a slow start to last season, but then finished off really well. And then are you kidding me? A second round pick for Connor Brown in a contract year as well. That is setting up nicely. So I think the only things that are going to hurt this Capitals team is the back end. I don't see Nick Jensen having as big of a year as he did last year. And that was a big bounce back season for him before then that contract wasn't looking too good. Um, so have some concerns about sort of the depth of the back end and then injuries up front. Obviously Nick Backstrom is the big one. And uh, Tom Wilson is also going to miss some time, but some good opportunities for, for guys like Strom and Connor Brown. And uh, I like the capitals, not really there to say that they're a contender but they'll be a playoff team and uh, a very good one and i've got them in this uh, in this third spot this is the spot most uh negotiable to me for sure i'm fine with putting several teams here i currently have the washington capitals at number three um kind of to all the same points as Harper, this team was just quietly good last year, and now they've really fixed the goaltending issue here. Uh, I really hope that Vanacek really, he just needed a change of scenery. We'll, we'll see about that, our favorite saying. Um, I hope that's the case. Sure. I'll throw that one in there, just for you. Um, I still love this team's top six. They're going to get Tom Wilson back eventually. I don't think it's nearly as long as Pacioretty, but I could be wrong. Who knows? And then I think that this team has this ability to kind of solve career issues for players. And I think that's going to be the case for Dylan Strom, uh, kind of in the same way that they did it with Connor Sheary. Like there was a Connor Sheary was in the AHL and then they figured it out for him. And, and they've done it many times in the past. Lars Euler is a solid solid nhl player thanks to the washington capitals and i kind of expect that to continue for connor brown dylan strome connor sheary and mcmichael is going to be coming into this team i expected him to play for them last year watching him in the preseason so i think that's another big ad in not having to spend anything on it um 
there is always going to be questions about the decor here, especially the deeper you go down. But I think I like this top four and, and they've got some guys who can really gain there. So I have Washington at number three as well. Okay, so you guys are a bit higher on the caps than I am. Uh, shocker, I have a different team at number three who is kind of in the same boat as Washington, aging core. I bet you can guess who that is. But I'll talk about Washington first. Um, I think their forward group isn't as deep as we think without those two key top six members in it, Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom. Tom Wilson isn't back until probably the new year, maybe December. He's recovering from surgery. And Nick Backstrom, guys, might never play hockey again. Yeah, I've counted him out when looking at this team. Yeah, like he might never play hockey again. So he's having... Uh, where, did I, where did I write it down here? Okay, so he's having hip surgery. Only two other players in the NHL have ever had this surgery. Ryan Kessler and uh, who, was, who was the other one? Ryan Kessler had it and Ed Jovanovsky. Ryan Kessler never played a single game after having that surgery. Ed Jovanovsky played 37 and never played again after that. So this is a serious, serious injury. He might never play hockey again. I wish the guy all the best. Um, but I think that seriously impacts the Capitals up front and Tom Wilson too, not having him for half a season. I think it's a bigger impact than some of the other guys we've talked about already. Like, for example, Pacioretty on Carolina missing half the year. I think Tom Wilson is more integral uh, to, to this team than, say, Pacioretty. I agree. Is. And I think that's a major loss up front. I really yeah. do like what they've done, though. Like, I like the Connor Brown ad. I like the Dylan Strom ad. I think those are two players who. You know, they got for for bargains, really. And and those are good depth options. I just think they're missing a little bit of that. You know, uh, they're missing those impact players up front. And I think missing those two guys out of their top six is going to be a serious issue. Yeah, it's the, it's the top end talent. But I mean, they didn't have Backstrom last year as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, he played I'm, a I'll, I'll, I'll say you're not enough to, to really impact their position. Uh, you're definitely right about Wilson. Like that's going to hurt, but I think that this team has enough depth and that's the thing It's I think it's going to be a little bit more scoring by community here. Uh, although they still have OV Kuznetsov and Carlson to, to kind of, you know, be the stars and let's hope OV continues to score 50 goals for them. Or yeah. I don't even know how he's doing it anymore, but <laughs> he's automatic man. And same yeah. with John Carlson, like he's automatic, almost a point per game for the last, like decade and i have them yeah. in my other fantasy league so trust me like i'm hoping this team does well for my own sake i just i look at this team i look at the decor outside of john carlson and i just don't think it's that scary anymore and the depth up front sure but it's lacking high-end talent and then in net like we know that kemper you know is very up and down he has been his whole career and lindgren you know he's he's a young goalie that we don't know too much about so it's hard to put any stock into you know how either of those guys are going to play so i look at this team and i think they're still good enough to be a playoff team um that's why i have them in the five spot you know if if we see five teams from this division make the playoffs that could happen probably not it'll probably be four um but it could happen so i i've got them in the playoff conversation but, you have them in the five spot, eh? Yeah, but the five spot for me feels nicer than number three. But if you guys both have them at number three, like obviously then I'm willing to move them up. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I like 
the depth that they've added, recognizing the the two major um, holes that they have in their forward group. And we'll see if TJ Oshie can can stay healthy this year. That's been a problem for him. And, uh, you know, on top of Strom and Brown, those two guys that we've mentioned quite a bit, there are a group of young players that could get an opportunity to be in this lineup and make an impact. Casey mentioned Connor McMichael. That's the first name that comes to mind. Hendricks Lapierre, Protus, Brett Leeson. Those are some other names as well that could come into this forward group and really take an opportunity. So I, I like the Capitals. I think that um, they, they really did a good job this summer, again, of just adding some depth, uh, recognizing those uh, those major holes that they have in their forward group in particular with those injuries. And on the back end, yes, some concern. Again, Nick Jensen, I don't think, is going to have the year that he did last year. Um, Fairvari took a big step forward, and then you've got Carlson and Orlov and uh, a couple of depth guys underneath. But um, th- this team is really top heavy. Yes, they don't have Backstrom, but they have Kuz- uh, Kuznetsov, who has gotten back to his uh, his offensive flair. So um, I'm not as worried as you are, Melbs, about uh, about this Caps team, and that's why I've got them in three. Yeah. Um- I definitely definitely want to see Lapierre get a, a shot here because that was another guy who kind of shocked us last year at the beginning of the season who looked really good and, and probably had a chance to play. So um, I like him to crack this roster as well, and I think that would maybe solve some problems as well. Um, I'd like to hear it, uh, Chad. I, I'd like to hear the argument and the argument cannot be because they're the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> and like I, I have Pittsburgh at number four. Okay. If we want to transition to this one. Yep. Let's do mostly it. because they are the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm not allowed to put them outside of a playoffs spot because you can't count them out. It's just impossible. Okay. Yeah. So do do you want to hear it then? Do you want to hear why yeah. I have Pittsburgh in the three spot? I look at their forward group, and it's virtually the exact same. Um, just healthy, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I look at their defense and I think it's completely overhauled in a good way. Adding a, a boomer bust guy like Ty Smith, I think is really important for that, for, for the bottom of the lineup there. And then also Jeff Petrie, who I think is bound to bounce back, um, after a terrible year last year, but we've seen that he's been really good in the past. So I, I expect somewhere in between, you know, Petrie's prime and what he was last year, which, you know, any improvement from last year would be good. And I think on a team like Pittsburgh, where you actually have some weapons to pass to, I think it makes a lot of sense that he'll have a bounce back year. And then also Jan Ruta, I think is an underrated pickup for this team as well. I think this team really knows, or each player on this team, I feel like when I look at this lineup, they really know what their role is and what they're supposed to do. And I just feel like cohesively, this team makes a lot of sense and they just fit together perfectly. Not to mention having Tristan Jari, who was seventh in Vesna voting last year and had a phenomenal season. Uh, he's been good for the last couple of years. I would expect that to, to keep up. Um, and same with Casey DeSmith. He had kind of a tough year last year and he's been up and down throughout his first few years of his career. But I expect him to, to bounce back and hopefully be good for this team. So I just look at them and I think... They were so good last year. You know, they finished with over 100 points, 103 points. Washington finished with 100. I think they're definitely still in the same conversation in terms of playoff teams. And I could see either one finishing in the three, four or five spot. 
But I pick Pittsburgh because I can't, for the life of me, bet against them. I think they're still that good. I think having the band back together and and everybody there and healthy for an entire season, fingers crossed, knock on wood, I think is going to be the best thing for this team. And I just think they're they're going to be just as good as they were last year, if not better. Yeah, I mean, I would put this team. I think they're going to finish the exact same amount of points as the Washington Capitals, like about a hundred, probably like like exactly both of them will be at one hundred. Like, I just don't really find many differences. The the only one I can say is that there's a little bit more of like if you're going to be betting on the two, I think there's a little bit more high risk, high reward with the Washington Capitals. Um. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are kind of just like, you're probably not getting any money back. <laughs> yeah, they're safer. <laughs> they're safer. And that's why yeah. I have them there. That, like, I think that's a good way to put it. It makes sense. But the fact that we've talked about these two case and I had pit at three, I guess now, though, we're talking about number four, right? Because we moved Washington up to three. Pitt yeah. is now number four. But originally I pit at three, Washington at five. You'll like who I had in the four spot. But, I I but, you know, <laughs> I guess that's going to have to be the number five spot now. But before we get into the next team, Harp, anything else to add at Pittsburgh, Washington, this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, these teams are, are virtually the same. I mean, two uh, generational talents in, in Ovechkin and Crosby that are that are, you know, um, I, I've. I guess you can't really say slowing down, maybe just getting older, not really slowing down, though. I mean, they are still just such key contributors every single night and critical to the success of, of these two teams. I'm just a little bit higher on the Capitals. I think um, I, I, I agree, Chad. I do like the uh, the changes to the back end. I think Ty Smith, it was such a, a brutal year for him in New Jersey, and he just needed a, a change of scenery. And same with Jeff Petrie four consecutive 40-point seasons before last year. It's not like the guy just forgot how to play hockey. You know, so um, and and he he wanted to be back in the U.S. with his family. Right. And so he was dealing with a lot of personal issues. So if you're looking at a, you know, a bounce back player candidate of the year or whatever, you could certainly throw Jeff Petrie into that conversation, I would think. I really just have some questions with their forward group up front. Big deals for Ricard Raquel and still term left on a big deal for Jason Zucker. Those two guys who are expected to be key contributor uh, contributors, excuse me. I'm just not sure because they haven't been able to stay healthy. Uh, especially Zucker there the last couple of years. He hasn't played that much. And Raquel has dealt with his fair share of injuries. And then I just really don't know what this team has in the bottom six other than Teddy Bluger. I really don't know. Um, Kasperi Kapanen, what's he going to do? He's been so up and down and and uh, out of the lineup and then back in and just inconsistent. And I just don't know. Um, but, I mean, I, I could see this team finishing third, fourth, or fifth. But uh, I've got them just under the Capitals in that fourth spot. And I think that's fair. Like, I think they're in the same tier. Like I said before we started, it would be nice if we could do tiers because I think it would be easier to, you know, be right if you have a team in a tier, you know, and, and a different team in another. Like, but I think these two are definitely in the same tier. That's why I've got them roughly in the same position. 
if we're talking points, like Casey said, I think they're probably going to be roughly the same amount of points around that hundred mark. And, uh, you know, they're both definitely, they can be playoff teams if things go well. So like, I think it's fair to put Washington three Pittsburgh four, and then number five, that's where it gets interesting. Harp, who do you have at five? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. So, again, we were talking off air and after the top four, I I had a really tough time with like five to seven. So I I thought about this and uh, case as as much as I want to put your New Jersey Devils in that fifth spot, I do have them at sixth. And in that fifth spot, I have the New York Islanders in this division. I think that, um, you know, looking at last year, it was a bit of a write off. And they, you know, they started the year with a 13 game road trip uh, while their new building was getting made. And uh, it was just it was an off year for this team after back to back conference finals performances they didn't do a whole lot i think that the organization looks at this as um you know last year was just a one-off and you know back to more of a normal schedule and just everything normal in general for this team out of the gate they added uh, alexander romanov on the back end i think that's a good ad Ilya sorokin quietly one of the best goaltenders in the nhl um and a new voice behind the bench and uh well technically i mean lane lambert was there with barry trotz um but uh he's now the guy behind the bench and uh i think that it'll be just a an opportunity for this team to play a a new style you know where a guy like matt barzell can sort of get back to his offensive flair and get back to the 85 point Matt Barzell that we saw in his first year. So I just think that this is a good team and they know their roles and uh, it's a veteran group um, that's uh, that's had a lot of experience together. I think last year was was a one off and I've got them in this fifth spot, but I'm open to uh, having that opinion changed. So I I have them in the sixth spot. I'm not nearly as high on this team. Um, they were bad last year, and then they did almost nothing to change the team. I think that the made the big problem with how this team is built is that they can't play a different style of hockey. It has to be the defensive style of hockey, which I they could prove me wrong and wrong, and they could do it again because it, it's got them into the playoffs before, and then it gets them deep. But I just don't see any real top end talent up front for this team. I don't see who's going to be putting the puck in the net. Uh, Barzell is, from what I've heard, looking for options of where he can go and and getting out of here because there is not a lot of offensive talent and this is an old team. Um, yeah, the the one thing like the saving grace, what I will say for this team to to kind of surprise us and just grind out points is their decor is very underrated and like solid, solid, hard to play against. And then Sorokin and Varlamov is a very good tandem. Yeah, I feel the same as you do, Case, from the back end. They are built like like a brick wall. You know, Sorokin and Varlamov, that's a fantastic tandem. Sorokin is one of the best guys to do it now. Um, You know, he'll likely be an all-star for years to come. So no worries in the net there. And, you know, I'm glad that he's been able to come over and his game has translated well and he's been so good because I've always liked the player. 
Um, and then their, their decor too, like Pollock, Pelich, Dobson, Romanov, Mayfield, Aho. That's their top six. All of those guys have played a ton in the league. Their top four is, you know, really solid and underrated, like you said, case. So I love it. Um, but then just up front, like I have the same concerns and I have them at six, by the way. I have them in the sixth spot. Uh, same, same as UK's. I just have concerns. Like I think this team, I think Lou, for example, or, or um, you know, the Islanders management, I think they looked at this team and thought that last year was a fluke. You know, they were only a year removed from uh, a conference final. And that last year was just, you know, because of all the problems, like, you know, they're going to be back to normal, but they didn't do anything. And that's like, they needed to, the fact that they couldn't sign a guy like Nazem Kadri when he only ended up getting 7 million bucks, like they could have paid him an extra 200 K 300 K and got a deal done, but they were playing hardball with the guy. And, you know, it's just another guy that Lou lost and he wasn't able to sign. So it's just tough for this team. Like they would be so much better if they could add a piece or two up front and, and get some more scoring because right now, you know, or at least in the system that we've seen them play in, they haven't been able to do that. I'm excited to see what this, this new system holds for them this season. And hopefully, you know, like you said, Harp, a guy like Barzell is able to, to become more offensive because we already know he does a lot of the underlying stuff really well. Like he's one of the best puck carriers in the NHL in terms of getting the zone entries and zone exits as well as, as a, a two-way centerman in this league. But without added without players on this team to add to that scoring, like I just think they're going to have a tough time again. And I think management is, is on a different planet. If they think this team is going to be just as good as they were a year ago when they were in the conference finals, like I think they're still missing it. it, What is this new system that they're going to be playing? Well, it's just, I hope it it doesn't include speed. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's just the fact that it's a new guy. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's a it's, if it's a brand new system, but it's... yeah, no, and and that's that's what I, I wasn't saying at all. I yeah. just I wonder if it changes just a little bit um, with with Lane Lambert being there and instead of Barry Trotz, and uh, certainly Trotz was not the issue for this team. Um, very good coach, and they played very well under him. But uh, I think just the new voice um, and and a guy that um has been waiting and has been rumored to you know uh be deserving of an opportunity like this for quite a while in in lane lambert i think it could be good for the islanders so um yeah i just you know they they finished the season well last year after a tough start i just uh i just wonder if if last year was a bit of a fluke and this team can indeed get it back on the rails this season so um let's uh let's talk about the new jersey devils now then who both of you gentlemen have in that fifth spot uh a young team looking to take a step and uh had a pretty good off season as well so let's talk about the devils case take it away yeah i mean i have them at number five mostly because of that mentality of you know expect the worst and when good things happen, it feels more rewarding. <laughs> Whereas, you know, putting them in fourth where maybe I think they should be, um, you know, it, it just hurts even more when you get disappointment. So that's why I have them at five and not four. Honestly, I, I'm just so thrilled about this team coming into this season. The amount of competition on forward is what gets me out of bed in the morning. 
this team like <laughs> we're talking Andreas Janssen's probably going to be a healthy scratch because there's so much competition going on here there's guys like Alex Holtz and Fabian Zetterlund who I think should be in this lineup um and then even like Graham Clark is sticking around in trading camp so far because he's been putting the puck in the net but Alex Holtz is filling the net in play iron preseason action here um he's been playing with Palat and Hughes and I'm loving that line and then it's just like from there, the top nine is filled out nicely here. A healthy Jack Hughes can score 100 points this season, no problem, especially playing with Palat and then having a sniper on his wing. The line of Heesher, Brat, and, you know, throw Sharon Govich on there, throw Tatar. I think that's going to work out just fine. Harp, you've mentioned Brat, how good of a season he had last year. He's continuing to to have to prove himself being back on a one-year contract so he is going to be flying they're doing things for him to keep him around like signing his brother to an ahl contract um i don't know it's it's great to see he's continuing to work out with the same trainer that's got him here works out with alex holtz and uh philip broberg and now a healthy miles wood back i a few years ago, I would have never said this, but this guy actually has such an impact on this team when he's in the lineup. Something to do with that straight line speed and that nose to the net. It's it's fun to watch, and the team plays faster when he's out there. They they all kind of meld together. And then bringing in Eric Howla really rounds out this center core. Michael McLeod's a great fourth liner. Dawson Mercer's an, an option on both wings and in the center. Not a lot to say negative about the forwards i'll get to the defense i'll be quicker here because um i think that this is one of the best right sides in the nhl and then you have such great defensive defensemen down the left side ryan graves siegenthaler made every defenseman he played with better analytically last year and now they added brendan smith and then they've got a lineup of guys trying to crack nikita okhoichuk is trying to crack uh Kevin Ball, Riley Walsh. There's a list that goes on. There's so much competition there. It's great to see. And then maybe the question mark of this team is goaltending. Um, can Mac Black stay healthy? Is Vitek Vanacek a a solid defense or goalie? He's he's struggled to be consistent. Both these guys are looking for consistency this year, and that's my big scare. Although Mackenzie Blackwood has looked really good in preseason so far. That's good to hear, Case, because he's my third fantasy goalie, and he was kind of a boomer bust for me because in that tandem role, like I don't think it's clear who who is going to start more games. Like as far as th- like this team is concerned, I think it would be beneficial for them to just let both guys play and see who is better. So mm-hmm. in a tandem role for a third fantasy goalie, like I think it makes a lot of sense to take Blackwood super late. So I'm expecting him to be good and and really hoping. I like their goaltending, by the way. Like, I think that tandem uh, has the potential to be good. Certainly better than it was last year because they had six guys play for them last year. Seven. Okay, on money. Seven goalies. On money puck, it only has six listed. Who was the seventh? I mean, we don't have to. I'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. I was putting you on the spot. So too many guys. Yeah, six or seven guys is the point. It's too many. Um, And not a single one of them were above average in terms of goals saved above expected. It was a nightmare year for them between the pipes, not only uh, in net uh, from injury, but also the performance in net. So that was just tough, and it was a write-off for the Devils. I think that this team has gotten better everywhere, 
And they could have been in the playoff conversation if they had league average goal tending last year. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm hopeful every year, but this is definitely the most hopeful I've been so far. Me too. And that's why I originally had them in the four spot, but now we're talking about them in the five spot. Still pushing for a playoff spot here as sort of like a bubble team in the same tier, I would argue now, I mean, hopefully with, with Pittsburgh and Washington. So I like what they did up front. Adding Palat, I think it is a good add. You know, you would have liked to have gotten, uh, you know, Johnny Hockey or Matthew Kachuk when they were available. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, and then I, I just love how there, there's so much competition. Like you talked about, Case. Like there are so many guys here who can make an impact. I think the problem for them is going to be who makes the team and where do you put them all? You know, because I think you have a lot of players who can play a similar role. Like, for example, Holtz. You're not going to bury him in the bottom bottom six. You're going to want him to play top six minutes, get a good opportunity. And I think the Devils are smart enough to, to want to do that for that guy or at least put him in a favorable offensive situation. So we'll see if he makes it. I really hope he does. He's going to be electrifying. And then also Dawson Mercery. So I saw how good he was last year and he'll be able to take another step as well. So I'm looking forward to that. The only thing I'll say about the back end, uh, aside from the fact that they lost Subban, which I think hurts them more in the dressing room than it does on the ice. The one thing I'll say about the back end is I thought the comment made by Siegenthaler made me crack up. And I was going to put the Devils at number one, but I settled for four because of the Siegenthaler comment. It pissed me off that much. He said, he's taking less money because the team is in a good situation. The guy still signed for five years, three and a half million almost. Like, dude, like he's good, but he's a middle, like he's a, he's a uh, second pairing guy like that's what you're is, worth yeah he, he is one of maybe the best defensive defensemen in this league and it showed that every single pairing he played on last year they improved drastically on like a, a, a group that was struggling to play together like severson became a first line first pairing guy when he played with siegenthaler dougie hamilton gets better when he plays with siegenthaler there's just such an ease of mind when he's out there playing with you because it's like he's playing defense i can do whatever i want now i get he's a rock i just thought it was crazy that like because like like realistically what is he worth on the open market like is it four million you know like that's reasonable right it's just like when you say oh i'm gonna take less you think of jason spezza taking 700k when by all accounts he was worth you know still in the three to five million range on the open market in in the first year that he came to toronto and it's like i just don't think that siegenthaler of all people i I, it just cracked me up it just cracked i i also thought the comment was like okay sure but yeah, I don't know. I I definitely didn't think about it nearly as much as you. No, he that, is like, still <laughs> he is still fairly young, and I don't know. I'm happy with the contract. That's for yes. sure. Yes, and me too. I think it's a good deal. I just thought the comment was funny, but I will say this: good vibes all around. Like I'm I'm happy that he even came out and said that and is committed to the team. I just thought it was funny when he did because it's like what the hell like. <laughs> Who is this guy? Anyway. Yeah. yeah, that that deal definitely surprised me a little bit, but he's been a great fit there and uh kind of got buried in the in the lineup in Washington. And um I remember when the Devils picked him up at the time, um there were heard Elliot Friedman say that there were other NHL GMs saying that could be a really nice pickup for the Devils, and it's worked out well. Case, you mentioned the the right side of that uh, of that 
decor and um how how good it is and i would have to agree hamilton um severson and john marino on the right side that is uh that's that's pretty darn good so um no i, I like the moves that they made this off season i think the biggest key for this team to take a step and for uh them to be playing meaningful games in march which i i agree i, I think that uh they could certainly put themselves in that position taking uh the next step is for just Everybody to stay healthy, for Jack Hughes to stay healthy, for Nico Heischer to stay healthy, for them to get de- uh, to get consistent goaltending uh, night in and night out um, is is a big thing as well. Um, but, you know, if all goes well, everybody can stay healthy and uh, their additions can contribute like Andre Palat is just not a not only a great player but just a great pro i think he's going to be really good for the young guys in that locker room and uh so if they can stay healthy and all goes well um this team uh could be finding themselves in in a wild card spot potentially um or uh just playing meaningful games down the stretch and i think that even that yeah even that is the biggest thing for this hockey club yeah before we move on case i had a question for you when did they buy out yanni kokanen i did i must have missed that this offseason when i was looking at cap friendly he's 200k against the cap from buyout i didn't know they did that yeah his contract was like 1.2 million or something like that yeah and they bought him out i don't know not long ago months ago but weird i i was just surprised by that because i didn't think he made that yeah that one was a yeah, 1.2 was his, his like year extension or bio or not bio, but RFA, whatever it was. Um, like his yeah, QO. one of those like failed projects. Yeah. yeah. So he's out, but Boquist is still there, right? Boquist back, is still there. Back on a one year deal. Yeah, Boquist is still there. And that's another guy that like when you even talk about is cracking, like trying to crack this lineup. He was he played. um the end of the season i think he played around 15 to 20 games he was half a point per game and and looked like competent on his own end so it's like what's gonna happen i don't know who's they've got to be trading someone here soon like i expect it to be andreas johnson yeah um i don't know he makes a tar, but you gotta you gotta keep yeah a, a johnson around at- yeah, Johnson at three point four million to be out of the lineup. That's, uh, geez, that's that's a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets dealt. Okay, Case, one question for you before we move on from the Devils. We have been saying that we don't really know who's going to be the starting goaltender for this team. Is it Blackwood? Is it Vanacek? If you were to put your money on one of those two guys to be the starter for this team, who do you think it is? Kenzie Blackwood. Okay. He is uh, he, the only reason he wasn't the starter and and competent last year is injury, and he he seems to be fully healthy. And knocking on wood again for that. But when this guy was fully healthy, he was a very good goaltender, and I expect him to get back to that. I got to tell you, I didn't expect uh, him to be back with the Devils uh, this year. Honestly, Case, I know that things kind of went sour there just with the way the injury was dealt and with the whole non-vaccination thing. But uh, good for uh, Fitzgerald and, and and company to, you know, uh, patch things up with the player. And uh, and now he's got a running mate in Vanacek. So that could be a very good one-two tandem. But um, I... 
seriously thought that it was going to be uh, Nico Dawes and someone else uh, as the two goaltenders for this team. But uh, you know what? Uh, not a bad looking tandem for sure. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. All right, let's get to seven and eight, and that does it for the Metro Division. So uh, in the seven spot, and uh, I think you guys will agree with me on this one. So uh, since we've got the Devils in five, Islanders in six, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets in the seventh spot, who I think will be better. They're they're going to take a, a step of their own this season, um, but I just I don't have a, enough on them to to put them ahead of the devils although I, I think it could be very close and that this team will be a, a very hard team to play against Merzlikens is a really good goaltender um, that uh, that back end is going to continue to get better Wawenski, uh Boquist and Jake Bean uh, they did overpay and overextend Erica Branson four times four that's for sure but uh, but then I look at this team up front and while they don't really have a true number one center yet certainly that's coming in either a Kent Johnson or a Cole Sillinger um, this team is very good on the wings and they should be able to score a lot of goals with Johnny Goudreau of course with Patrick Laine um, Boone Jenner when he's back and healthy and uh, and so on and so forth so I think the Blue Jackets will take a step they'll be a pain in the ass to play against as they always are under Brad Larson um, but I've still got them in this seventh spot i think another two years away for this team to be uh, a playoff contender yeah i think that this is a team that has the making of a team that can surprise us but i just still i'm not big on them uh, the center depth is the main problem in that that they don't have a first or maybe even second line center, in my opinion. Uh, Rostovic is a good player. I do like him. I like Boone Jenner, but I like both of them around the third line. Cole Sillinger might have been a fantasy sleeper. Like someone could grab him because if he can prove himself and take that first line and play between line A and uh, Goudreau, that could be nice and then another guy that you really want to be cracking this lineup and and producing is kent johnson and i have no doubts that he could score a lot if he played it um with that top line as well i just i'm not in love with the the forward depth the center core and the defense myself i i just am not impressed with at all um i hope that they continue to get better like like you said, Bulkfist and Bean, but I just don't think it's there. But um, yeah, I, I, this is a team I like. I personally am a fan. Like I, I like what they're building and I hope that it goes in the right direction, but I just don't think they're there yet. Yeah, I agree, Case. That's a key word, building, because they're, they're still doing that right now. Like Sillinger yeah. and Johnson are likely both going to be mainstays on this team. Um, how much they impact this team right away is, you know, that's up for debate. I guess we'll see where they play in the lineup because that's going to be a big part of it. I guess with Boone Jenner missing the start of the season, that, you know, first line center spot is open. It's probably going to go to Jack Roslovic, but then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens after that. Uh, their goaltending, you know, Merce Lickens was about average last year and it was last year where he came, came out and said that, you know, he wanted to compete for the Vesna. 
And, you know, he knows that he can be a better goalie. And I think, you know, if things go better and, and Columbus is a better team than they were last year, uh, this year, then he could definitely have a better year and his numbers should improve. Another guy, too, is Jonas Corposalo, who is in a contract year this year, and he was just terrible last year, guys. Like, as much as we like the player, you know, I, I was actually shocked when I read his stats and how bad they were last year. He had a 415 goals against, an 877 save, and a minus 13.2 goal saved above expected. Like, he was borderline unplayable at times last year, and that's why they had guys like uh, Tarasov and, and Jeff Barube come in, uh, yeah. you know, to, to kind of fill that gap. So look for him to improve this year, especially in a contract year. You know, he's like anybody else. He's motivated, you know, wanting to get paid. So I think their goaltending should be better because the – uh, you know, I think the team has gotten maybe a little bit better. They're at least older anyways, so I'll say that. It'd be nice to have uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand in the lineup as well. That was a, a, a terrible move yeah. to, to sign Gibranson and, and not keep Bjorkstrand. Like, that was just so odd. Um, but, like, overall, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is going to get his points. And, and Patrick Laine is, is a hell of a player too. And, you know, those two on a line, they could really click and and they could be good. Like Columbus could surprise some teams this year. And I think that's how they're going to get their wins. They're going to surprise some teams and be better than people expect. But I think just looking at this division, I can't put them any higher than the seventh spot. And that's where we have them. One thing I'll say about this team is, well, first of all, I think we mentioned they won the draft this year in yeah. our opinion. Oh yeah. Um, they might've won the off season as well. They've been drafting good for a couple of years now. And they're a team that is not afraid to play their young guys. We, we saw it with making Cole Cylinder, the youngest guy in the league last year. I wouldn't be shocked. I haven't been following camps. So I don't know if they've cut them already or something. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw like David Yurichek make this team. It just absolutely surprised us all because they're willing to make that move. And I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be a young, young team and, and something to watch, but um, they're building. They're drafting well. They're picking up superstar talents mm -hmm. in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, lots of like for the future. No, for sure. They're getting guys to commit long term and attracting free agents and uh, yeah, drafting and developing really well. And uh, I have to correct a, a mistake I made earlier saying that, uh, you know, Boone Jenner was one of their wingers. He can certainly play wing, but uh, primarily does play center and just another heart and soul guy for for this team. So, um, yeah, there will be some improvement. They could certainly surprise some people because this team just works so hard night in and night out but uh just not quite there yet but they're building like you guys said so all right we got him in the seventh spot and in number eight ah uh, the philadelphia flyers at the bottom of this division guys i mean you, you gotta you gotta feel bad for for the flyers am i right like just you know they had a terrible season last year i think they had what two eight game losing streaks last season Oof. uh it was just god awful a ton of injuries and then you know coming into this year new coach and john tortorella still a bit of a head scratcher there i think for for a lot of people but you know um they certainly want to get back to being that 
Flyers team that's full of piss and vinegar and and everything. And so they add a guy like Nick Delorier, which I think is is a perfect ad for the Flyers. And they add Tony D'Angelo, but um, th- this this team just flat out is not going to be very good. And uh, part of that is injuries. I mean, talk about being dealt two massive blows before the puck even drops this season and that is ryan ellis who we don't know will even play again um definitely won't be back this season and is in jeopardy of uh of his careers in jeopardy for sure so that just stinks because what a great defenseman he's been in his career and was supposed to be ivan provorov's d partner right and and supposed to be a big part of this blue line but just hasn't happened and don't know if he's going to play again. And Sean Couturier, he's seen a second opinion about his injury. He hasn't played in God knows how long, and we don't know if he'll be playing this season. Oh, and Carter Hart is also injured in the crease for this team. And uh, beyond him in net, the next two guys, it's Felix Sandstrom, who's still a young kid, and Troy Grosnick, the uh, the veteran goaltender who's an AHL goaltender at best. And just a lot of the young talent that's going to be in this lineup this year, it's been very disappointing, their development so far. Morgan Frost, Isaac Ratcliffe was just placed on waivers. He was supposed to be a big part of this team as a young forward. You know, uh, what are we going to see out of Owen Tippett? this year who it feels like has been around for forever um even though he's still young i just don't know guys it's not intentional i know this team thought they were going to be better and wanted to be a lot better than last year but that's just not going to happen they'll be unintentionally tanking for connor bedard this year the philadelphia flyers so a thought on uh, on these guys before we wrap up yeah it's funny to think about this team how you know, five years ago, I, I, that's when I think the timeline would be is we were saying they had the best pipeline in the NHL. You would expect them to be very good when you're saying your pipeline is the best uh, five years back. Well, this team, it's a nightmare right now. There's not a lot to like. They are so unlucky with injuries. Like just to think of a few, like, like you said, Ellis, um, Carter Hart. Just his confidence in general, they've been unlucky with. Then, like Nolan Patrick, that has to be such a stab in the heart for them. Just so unlucky this team has been over the years. But they've also kind of done it to themselves in some of the contracts. Um, to to talk about this team as probably being the bottom in the Metro and they're over the cap <laughs> is a very scary situation to be in. So I uh, this was the only team in this whole division that I had locked into the position. The, eighth spot yeah same here it's sort of like you know when we locked in arizona in the eighth spot it's like you just you see a clear like you clearly see a team who is not going to be very good and i think chuck fletcher is the only person on the planet who thinks philadelphia is going to be anything other than sitting in the eighth spot come the end of the season i think this team is grossly mismanaged it has been for a while now and you know like you can only do so much i guess for your team with with all these injuries but it just is not going to be a good season here and you know not to to keep 
shitting on the Flyers because that's not what we want to do. But you just look up and down this lineup, and it's not going to be good. Like they're missing um, a ton of guys, and they're they're not going to have Giroux all year, who was flipped at the deadline. They're not going to have Couturier probably all year. Um, you know, it, it seems like he's going back and forth on whether he's going to get surgery or not. And and so we don't know how long he's going to be out. It might be all season. If I were Couturier, I think it would be all season to miss this, you know, year that you're going to tank. Uh, no Oscar Limblom this year, uh, which was another kind of a head scratcher there. You know, it seemed like he was an integral piece to this team and you know especially they bought him out yeah especially the community like it seemed like he was a big part of that Uh, and then you just you know you look at everybody else up front on the back end like i don't like it and the fact that you know you haven't really heard much about the flyers in the news lately other than the fact that you know people are already talking about well travis sanheim might be a deadline piece that you know a, a trade chip for them and it's like Holy, the season, the puck hasn't even dropped for game one of the season, and everybody's given up on the Flyers except for Chuck Fletcher and company, and I guess uh, their new head coach. <laughs> so, yeah. like, that was also a bit of a, a weird move hiring Torts because they're nowhere close. Like, why do you need a motivator like Torts if you're not even close to a playoff spot? So, eighth spot is the only place I see this team finishing. I hope they get better in the future and I hope, you know, they're able to to manage their cap better and I hope they get healthier. But as of right now, things are not looking up for the Flyers in any way. No, that's for sure. Yeah, like Chicago, Arizona, Philly, bottom three teams right there in the NHL, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there we go. They, you know, they were... They were wanting to be better, but that's just not going to happen. So um, you can look ahead to the deadline now, circle that date in, in, in March or whenever it is on your calendar and say, yep, Sanheim, Van Riemsdyk, the list goes on. They'll all be gone at uh, at the deadline for some assets. And uh, yeah, the, the Flyers can finally focus on the the future and trying to build towards that like they should have been doing this whole time and i agree chad just some gross mismanagement and i think that chuck fletcher has no business being the general manager still there um but he, anyways he's, he's not good he's I'll no say that that's it <laughs> yeah that's for sure all right well that uh, that does it for the Metropolitan Division one through eight. Uh, you can let us know what you think of our projections on Instagram at Boys in the Booth. And next week we'll be back with our final division that we're going to talk about, and that of course is the Atlantic, which is always a fun conversation so thanks so much for hanging out with us this evening again the nhl regular season kicks off this thanksgiving weekend with uh nashville and san jose playing in prague so looking forward to that that's a two o'clock start on friday and saturday i believe so those should be good games uh shell 23 comes out as well on october 14th so looking forward to that and uh and we're right back into hockey season so that is great all right thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you again on monday this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts 
Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 